Hello and welcome to another edition of Teaching Restored, where we help teachers of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ teach better so that they can bring others to Jesus Christ. I'm Kevin Jones. I'm Julie Hilliard. Okay. Now today, what we're going to talk about is kind of like a follow-up from one, uh, an episode that I did last time. The last one that I led, talked. Uh, we talked about how to, I showed an example, I guess of yeah. asking questions and we went through a teaching example and it was all questions and et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm gonna take it from a different angle and talk a little bit about preparation. So I'm gonna do something with you that I think you, I'm sure you've seen before and oh. maybe you've even used, but I used this so long ago when I taught, I remember when I taught seminary, I'd use this a long time ago as an example. Now let's imagine that when, let's, let's imagine that I'm teaching a seminary and I have one group come in through one door, one half of the class come in one door and another half come in another door. And the group that comes in in group A sees a picture of Superman. Okay. Okay. So they see Superman as they walk in and the other one sees wrapping paper. Okay. And then they walk in and up on the board, they see the word underscore A-P-E. So the, the group that comes in seeing Superman, what is their thought of what this word will be? Cape. Good. And then those who come in with uh, wrapping paper is tape tape right yep. right okay so if i were to ask them all at start off how can we help others what can we do for others to help them how how do you think those who think that word is cape and having the thought of superman how might they answer um, like with thoughts of rescue, thoughts of sweeping in and trying to be the hero in the story. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. 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 Right. They may, they may think, okay, we're going to, we're going to do all we can to go help them. We're going to get out there and we're going to go find them. And then we're going to go rescue them. And you know, yeah. uh, like on the planes, go rescue them. Right. We're going to, we're going to do all that. Great. Those who are thinking about wrapping paper, how might they answer that? question i i immediately started thinking about gifts and i'm like oh what could we take them what could we do for them like that but it's in the form of i mean hello i'm from the relief society i'm a professional dinner taker <laughs> so i started thinking about oh what meal could i bring <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's right it doesn't really relate to wrapping paper but that's where my brain went but, but it's a gift right i mean yeah. it's it's a gift we're giving people right so yeah. neither of those are wrong but the way in which we approach a subject, the, the angle with which we approach it will somehow, uh, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, how, how will I, I'm going to say taint, that's the wrong word, but influence, influence thank you. It just influence our answers. Would you agree with that? 100%. It, immediately the quote, you know, what you think about unconsciously influences your behavior comes to mind. Yes. Okay. Great. With that as a background, 
Um, let's say that someone said, Julie, hey, I can't be there next Sunday to teach gospel doctrine. Would you teach for me? And you have the time open and you can do it. And you say, sure. What's the first question you ask? Uh, what's it about? Right. Right, of course. I mean, that, right. that I mean, seems, subject, seems right? absolutely natural. What What is it, right? What do we teach? Um, could that be like looking at Superman, though? Yeah, like I'm going to come in and I'm going to teach the subject and rescue. Is that kind of what you mean? Well, that's one way of looking at it, yeah. Right. I mean, I hadn't right. actually thought of that, but that's that's a great way to do it. I'm going to go teach, right? Yeah. And yeah. what am I going to teach? I am going to teach the about, yes, the subject. What if the first question we asked was different than what am I going to teach? What if we came at it from a different perspective than the first thing being, what am I going to teach? That's a good, that's a good point. Okay. So let me see if, let me tell you some other questions that popped into my head and you tell okay. me if this is kind of what you mean. Um, one of the questions that I don't know whether or not I would already have the answer to because it depends on how well I know the person that's asking me. Who am I going to teach? Tell me about your class. Good. That was another question that popped into my mind. Um, no other questions popped into my mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. And and that's fine. Let's figure out some other questions though. Before actually before we get to the actual questions, when they come up and they say. Actually, it, it could be any class that we teach or any group that we teach or, you know, even children, uh, our own children that we are teaching or a friend, the gospel. It could be anything. What are some things that we typically know as we go in to teach, whether we realize we're teaching or not, whether it could be it could be casual conversation or a, a full out scripted lesson? What are some things that we typically know as we go in? Um, I'm, like I usually know a little bit about the circumstances of the person. Is that, uh -huh. I'm not sure mm -hmm. that I, no, yeah, like I, exactly. I also typically know, um, <laughs> I have, uh, either a big gap in my understanding about the subject matter about which I'm about to talk about. So I know my own ignorance. I know my own, um, blind spots. What's the word? Is that the right word? That's mm -hmm. not the right word. Yeah, um, sure dead spots i should say if dead it comes spots. To the board, right? i know my own brain dead spots um what else do i know i don't know kevin okay so you 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 typically know something about the people themselves right typically. to some I degree mean, you said my family or you know i know i'm going in to teach in this age group or i'm going right. in to teach so stuff like that typically mm -hmm. you would know Right. So, for example, if you were to go in and you're to teach a youth, let's say seminary, you're asked, hey, would you yes. fill in for seminary for me? Sure. Great. All right. You probably know some of the kids in there. Right. And you probably know that if they are freshmen compared to seniors, what level of interaction or maturity they have. Right. You, you know, have a preconceived notion about or, that. Or <laughs> preconceived. Very, very good. Yes, that is true. Um, you may know, for example, if you're going to teach, if you're asked to go teach with the missionaries, what level you, they may tell you beforehand, but compared to, you know, teaching Sunday school, you know that teaching a missionary lesson, 
what level of testimony or knowledge that they have, right? I mean, there's so many different things. And then sometimes you go in knowing the people really, really well. Right. Sometimes you don't know, but you make some generalities and are, are thinking about those as you go in. Or are we? Do we think about those things a lot of times? Or are they kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's right. But what I'm going to teach is the content. So I have a bad example. You're kind of all of a sudden it clicked for me a little bit of what you were saying. Okay. And I have a specific experience yeah. in my brain where I blew it with that. Okay. Do you want me to share it now? Oh, absolutely. It yes, please, Julie. Okay. So I was asked by a friend to help her a little bit with temple prep because I had taught uh, what they called temple academy in our stake. And specifically, my subject was about clothing and temple clothing. Sure. And then my a really dear friend taught about symbols and we taught these two classes in tandem. Like she would teach one group and then we'd switch. And so I called her up because this friend of mine, um, you know, is in her mid twenties and she's going through the temple for the first time. And um, she, I, I just, she's so bright and so incredible. And so I asked my friend, to come and do this with me so that we could both teach her. And I gave her a drink from a fire hose. Like I had just taught something um, from the old Testament that related perfectly. I mean, it was so clear. The connections were beautiful. And so I just was like, oh my gosh, I really like, this is such an amazing insight. It's going to be so great. And I literally blasted that girl. And here's the biggest, worst part of it her boyfriend who is not a member of our faith, but has taken some of the missionary discussions was with her and wanted to understand it better. They're now engaged to be married. Gotcha. And so he's investing in trying to understand a little bit more about our faith in this really special um, experience that his then girlfriend was about to go through. And I thought old Testament, he believes in the Bible and they both were like, like, as I taught and I'm like, what, what have I done? And then my friend proceeds to just boil it down to the simplest principles. She took what she had taught before and made it clear and simple and started. I, I literally, by comparison, as I look back on that, like I'm so embarrassed. It was my friend. I knew her even better than <laughs> my teacher. I was so, I'm so embarrassed about how badly I did on that. Thank you for sharing that. It happens though, doesn't it? It does. And I don't even know if that's for sure the point that you were making, but when you made that point, it immediately sprung into my brain. Right. And so sometimes we go into, uh, and I think I think that actually gives a, gives a good illustration. Sometimes we dive into and we know what the content and we're right. not thinking about anything but teach the content. The content. We, we yeah. forget about the people. We're actually right. teaching people, not content. Exactly. And that that's, you know, what are you going to teach? Well, I'm going to teach about the Book of Mormon today. No, you're going to teach people. Right. Right. Very different thought there, right? So instead of, if someone were to come to you and say, Julie, I can't teach Sunday school uh, gospel doctrine next week. Can you do it for me? Instead of saying, instead of the first question being, what do I need what? to teach? 
what other kind of questions now that we've kind of gone over some of the things that we we are know know about and are given what are some other questions might we actually start with rather than what's the content yeah tell me about your class tell me about the dynamic what kind of a culture do you have in your class tell me a little bit about um, some of the questions that you get from people while you're teaching different subjects. Can you tell me, you know, what you think their level of understanding on the subject might already be? Do you think that they, you know, what are some of the foundational principles that you think I could build upon that is like, yes. I can think of a whole myriad of questions. Exactly. Exactly. And what we're doing is we're learning about them because yeah. really what we're trying to do is figure out where they are at and take them to the next level of whatever, wherever they are. And honestly, I think that could be done with any subject. I don't care what the topic is almost. Give me any topic, blah, 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 blah. Throw anything at me, but what is more important is where are they and how can I help them take the next step in coming closer to Christ? We can right. do that about talk about the Book of Mormon. We can talk about that about resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can talk about that uh, for, will but the whole purpose is to help them take the next step right then why are we so focused on the content right well and i think that when you're going in blind as a teacher to this class like you don't really know them then you are at a profound disadvantage if you don't ask those types of questions i remember going into seminary once and i didn't ask any of those questions i just was like oh i've got this i taught this last week to sure. the adult religion class so i came in thinking oh, i'll probably have to this is going to sound so rude i'll probably have to dumb it down a little that's not really what i meant do you know what <laughs> i, I totally mean like, get I'll it. yes 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 i kind of not go quite it's as different. deep as what i'm trying to say yes and that's was my only thought oh my gosh i wish i would have known that all these kids come in half asleep i mean i could have projected that but like we're talking in sleeping bags sometimes and <laughs> that they like literally, you know, you're going to see some body language that is not actually reflective of, you know, they're really engaged, I promise. And, you know, here's some of the challenges that you're going to encounter. And here are some of the ways that I've gotten past it. Like I was so ill prepared for what I saw, meaning in terms of the dynamics in that space. Right. And I felt so, I mean, I was like trying to course correct on the spot and I'm like, man, I just wish I would have thought to ask her, what's the mood like when they come in? Oh, so-and-so comes in, you know, halfway through class every time, be prepared. And I was kind of like, whoa, somebody's still coming in. We've only got 10 minutes left, you know? Right. I just didn't think to ask about any of that. Now, could you remember remember back when we were um, talking to Brad and Greg, yes. and Greg talked about one student that comes in, and every time they come in and they come in late, everyone says, "Hey, welcome! Yeah. We're glad you're here!" Right? Can you imagine not knowing that, and then be, you know, people walking in even late, but then when that one person comes in, everyone goes, "Hey, welcome!" And you're like, "What? Just, what just happened? Right? <laughs> right? What, What's it, going on? Well, that's what they needed, right?" And so I, th I think from anything around this discussion, as, as we continue, though, the one thing that I think is really, really important, again, is that the most important thing is where are they and how can we get them to the next level? It's not as much about the content. You can do, you can be given whatever content. That's almost secondary. Right. We need to help them wherever they're at and continue on. Now, I've been reading, um, let me pull it up here been reading the new preach my gospel and in the chapter chapter 10 it talks about 
the, the title of chapter 10 is Teach to Build Faith in Jesus Christ. And it starts with a consider this thing. And you would think, given, let's say we didn't haven't had this discussion yet, given what most teachers think, and, and I'm with you, Julie, the first thought that I would have is, okay, what, what am I going to teach? Right. Right. I mean, that, that is completely natural. Totally get it. I do it all the time as well. Yeah. When we talk about teach to build faith in Jesus Christ, they don't talk one bit about what to teach. Here, here's what they come up. They have a number of questions. I'm, yeah, I'm questions. looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah. How can I teach by the Spirit? Huh. Look at that. Probably the most important thing. How can right, I teach right. by the Spirit? How can I teach from the Scriptures? We had an episode about teaching from the Scriptures, right? Right. How many times do we not teach Julie from the Scriptures? I, I see this all the time, unfortunately. Right? We, I mean... We use it kind of as a basis, but it really isn't from the scriptures. How should I share my testimony when teaching? That, what I'm, how I share my testimony is, will be different if Based I'm teaching, on. yeah, if I'm teaching a group of youth, if I'm te- teaching my children, if I'm teaching a missionary discussion. Right. 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 How can I plan and adjust my teaching to meet other people's needs? That's, that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. I learned the hard way. (laughs) We all have. We all have. Absolutely. Okay. How can I better ask better questions and be a better listener? I particularly love that one. And how can I help people find answers to their questions and receive guidance and strength? What a great question. Right. How can I help people find answers to their questions and receive guidance and strengths? Guidance and strength. So maybe we are, maybe we focus on their questions. Maybe we are given a topic, but we talk about their questions around that topic rather than bombarding them with a whole bunch of, this is what it is. This is, here's the facts and figures and the stats and, and you got to read this. I mean, I mean, it could be a, (laughs) I've seen this before. Here's the scripture. What does that mean to you? That's great. Oh, right, right. Here, what, what's, what, read this scripture. What does that mean to you? Great. <laughs> Move on. And that's the whole class time, right? Yeah. We can't do that. We can't do that. So another thing that I, that I was thinking about when I was preparing this is that we have a couple in our ward. He is newly coming back to the church she was baptized they've been teaching primary for about a year that's amazing and at first when they taught it was like oh we don't know anything right right we don't how can we be teaching these primary kids things i'm going to read another quote in that same chapter from elder neil l anderson he said as i contemplated the challenge of a mission I felt very inadequate and unprepared. Very, that's a very normal thing. Uh, My daughter just received her mission call to Uruguay. Yes. And someday I will learn how to pronounce Uruguay in the correct way and not the American way. Uruguay. Uruguay or something like that, isn't it? Uruguay. I I think it is. Don't ask me. I didn't actually go there. I just, that's (laughs) what I've heard people who come back say. 
So maybe they're watching it. So don't quote me to Hadley. That's right. That's right. She doesn't even know. She'll find out. We'll all find out. And then she'll correct all of us. Right. So she, right. And, and I can totally understand her going feel very, feeling very unprepared. She knows a lot. She's studied, she's done a great job, but still it's kind of daunting. Right. And he says, I remember praying heavily father, how can I serve a mission when I know so little, I believe in the church, but I felt my spiritual knowledge was very limited. As I prayed, the feeling came, you don't know everything, but you know enough. That reassurance gave me the courage to take the next step into the mission field. And in thinking about this couple that is teaching primary and they're, and they're brand new to the gospel really overall, um, I, again, I don't know that it matters that you know a lot about the, the, the topic, right? Learn what you can. And that's, that's another, again, to me, and I, I've mentioned this in another podcast before. So many times when they say, you want to be a teacher, great, prepare yourself. Yeah. Learn the gospel, prepare, you know, uh, prepare yourself spiritually, learn how to recognize the spirit. And then later on, you'll get to the content. And I almost feel like with them, with this couple, for example, they did, they did a fabulous, and they did it right. Oh my yeah. goodness. They are, they are like a model couple teacher they went in and they just loved these kids and these kids love them and they they learned some of the material and they were able to pass it on but they didn't have to know a ton the love was so much more important and helping them recognize where they were another couple um he was newly coming back to the church same thing and he would go to every baptism of every child, every single time. It was the best, still does. I mean, just these kinds of teachers, I go, oh, and then there's the other side where I have seen, and honestly, I have been guilty of this as well. So I can say this, where we go in thinking, I know the subject. Right. I really don't need to prepare much because I can talk circles around you know, the people in this room and I, I can do this. and. Not much preparation goes in and it completely falls down because I'm focused on the content and not as much on what do you need? What, what will help you become more converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. You know, that the first thought I had as you were reading that quote, I pulled it up too, was, you know, I think that a lot of times when, if you feel ready for a mission, there's a problem. <laughs> right. Like, I, and I think that the same can be said of us a little bit. Like if we feel ready to teach something, then we need to check ourselves a little bit because humility really is the key to two things. It's the key to empathy because you're trying to see things from another person's perspective. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to share your own perspective. And what I hear you saying about this you know subject overall is that we're trying to invest in the people that we're teaching like that's more important even than really understanding the content and that requires empathy that's trying to see things from their perspective it's trying to understand where they might be coming from what their questions might be even asking them what their questions are and all of that requires profound humility on our part because it really is us thinking less like about ourselves and what we want to teach and what our perspective is. It's it's really, in a way, setting that aside in favor of 
you know, really investing in what their perspective is. And then I can't remember what the second thing was that I, oh, um, so with this humility thing, the other part of that. So if you say, for example, that you're ready, you know, that's a little bit scary, but the other part of humility that I think um, really plays into this is that if you come in with the attitude that you're learning with them, even if it's primary mm -hmm. kids, like if you come in with that kind of vibe, if you will, then people are so much more receptive to what it is that you're saying because they don't feel this like I've got all the answers. Oh, she's looking for a specific answer. Oh, she's leading us in a certain direction. They feel less of that and they feel more like it's an actual conversation. And so they're more inclined to participate. And so I think that there's just this kind of um, what's the word that I'm looking for? This um, recipe for success. That's not the right, whatever. When you choose to come in with the kind of humility that's exemplified in that quote, right? I agree. But how difficult will it be for us to turn that around in our heads? Oh, it's so hard. Like, I, I mean, we're all kind of jerk faces in our own minds, right? Like we have these, we're, we're all a little, um, I think we alternate between like profound insecurity and a little bit of arrogance. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, in teaching, you kind of waffle back and forth a little bit. And I think that, you know, there's a problem in both of those. Humility, isn't it Uchtdorf that talked about this? Did Was he quoting somebody like C.S. Lewis? I don't even know. But anyway, I think it was him that said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. And so it's not saying, I'm dumb, you know, whatever, to try and get yourself into a place of humility. Instead, it's just what you talked about coming in with a different paradigm. You're coming in with this paradigm of, I want to figure out who they are and then bring the content versus I want to figure out what I need to teach them. So I agree. If we reach out and we're loving the people, then again, let the content be what it may. Right. We're going to get there. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's almost as if I, I kind of see this analogous to Heavenly Father knowing where we are at and saying, all right, you're going to be put in some situations. And he might say, I know what situations you're going to be put in, but honestly, I don't care what situations you're going to be put in because I will make sure that whatever they are, they're going to be for your good and that it, it will work out to your best. And so you may be in some really, really tough situations. We're going to make that work for you. And at the same time, it may be some easy, more easy. You may have part of a life, part of your life may be an easier part, but we're going to make that work for you as well because certain things are going to happen. And I feel that's kind of the way with teaching. Um, you know how when we teach our children, sometimes we go in teaching, we, we're thinking they need to learn this. Oh, 100%. I'm right? so bad about that. I am too. And actually, I was just talking with Kelly about this recently, about how one of our children, they need to learn this. Yeah. And then I listened to a talk. Oh, I'm going to pull it up here real quickly. <laughs> it was Sister Tamara W. Runia. Oh, yeah. Sister Runia. Is that Runia? Is that correct? So. I think so. Well, yeah, I think so. We'll just call that. Apologize, Tamara, if we missed that. She's the first counselor of the Young Women's General Presidency. And she gave a great talk last conference. 
about rather than pointing out what needs to change, and this is what I took away from it. Other people may take some other things away from it, but rather than pointing out what needs to change, why don't you love them, be proud of them where they're at, and then help them continue to, again, take the next step forward. And that completely changed how Kelly and I, we were going to, quote, teach one of our children, rather than coming in and saying, listen, <laughs> come on, dummy. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. You, <laughs> you know what's best. What? We, got, we got something to teach you. That's right. Come on now. You know, buck up here. No, it's, you know what? You're awesome. I mean, you, I, and now, okay, okay. I just said that, and I totally went down another rabbit hole in my mind, and I need to go down this for a moment. Okay, let's do it. On the opposite end, I have seen where leaders and teachers will be so far on the end of, you're all awesome. You guys are the best. Oh, this is this wonderful. No, actually, life sucks sometimes. <laughs> and it is so hard. And for, all, for, for us to just say, you're the best. So we have to have a good balance in there. They say, you know what? I know you're trying your best. There are always things we can learn. What can we do to help you learn, to get you from where you are, to where you want to be, to where you need to be? Great. Um, sometimes it's not going to work out exactly as you think, and that's okay. We're here to learn. We'll make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. You've all made mistakes rather than you're all awesome. Everything is awesome, right? We, we can't go to that degree either. Mm -hmm. But at mm -hmm. the same time, we can't be on the total criticism. So we need to be thinking, how do we help them get to the next spot? Then take whatever topic it is. And, and, and I don't, Julie, I don't know if you've done this with your kids, but there have been times when Kelly and I are thinking, okay, we need to bring up and have a family talk about this one subject. We, I have no idea how to approach it. And yep, then yep. we will just be talking about, come follow me or preach my gospel or something. And it will just it get up. into that. And they will almost bring it up sometimes, right? Yep. We don't have to force it a lot of times. Let's let it be a little bit more natural, a little bit more on the loving end rather than this is what I'm going to teach and cram it down. And the shove it down your throat end. Right, right. You know, it's interesting though, because as you were saying this, I started to think a little bit about a kind of a nudge that I had recently with my kids that they almost resist the minute I say, let's do come follow me. Like that they sure. have this whatever in their minds. And so I've really felt kind of prompted to try and bring it up in more natural ways. But when you talk about bringing, you know, not, you know, erring on the side of uniform, unicorns and rainbows and just being like, everything is so good. You're so amazing. I love you so much. Da, 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 da. You know, be it with your kids or otherwise. I think that those conversations are better received if they come up naturally because yeah. you almost feel like you have to do like the compliment sandwich. You're amazing. This is how you suck. You're amazing. <laughs> and, you know, they, they see right through that. And okay, so one other thing back going back just a teensy bit to what you were saying when you were talking about these, you know, kids or adults or you whatever, whoever you're teaching, if you're always telling them how amazing they are and how awesome they are, they actually stop believing in you. I've had conversations yes. with some of these youth that it was really interesting. They they're like, they just keep telling us how awesome we are, but like 
we're going through hard stuff right now and we're not exactly rocking it kind of a thing. And so my thought was when you said that, we have to join them where they are first in order to build on that. So you were saying, you know, we want to, you know, take them to the next level. Well, you have to join them where they're starting in mm-hmm. order to be able to take the next step to come closer to Christ or to improve on whatever principle it is that you are discussing or, you know, whatever the case may be, I really feel strongly about the idea of joining them in the pit first. Yes. You kind of have to 100% crawl in to the pit, hang out for a second, give them a little love, show them, look, I'm trying to, I'm here with you in this dark place. I'm looking around. I see why you are seeing that it's dark. I can see how you might not really like it in this spot. You know, this is just figuratively speaking. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of climb the ladder out together because somebody can't make a step from the bottom of the pit up to the clouds. They have to actually climb the ladder to get out of the pit first. And so you have to join them where they are. Right. I have, I, I completely agree. I have seen in a culture of everything is awesome to youth in an attitude toward youth, I've seen that backfire and where yeah. some people say, you know what? Everything is not awesome. In fact, I'm being bullied. I'm being left out. Mm-hmm. I'm being, and if you think this is awesome, I don't want to be a part of this. And they left the church. Yeah. I, and it was, it was I, a big my influence. Son, my son is resistant to that because he just kind of sees right through fluff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, what you're saying, I, I can see that being the result of someone who has a personality that's similar to, to my kids. Right. And I, and I, and, and ours too. I totally, and I think most, most kids, I think, mm-hmm. I think most, most youth don't want to be placated to just, Oh, tell me how everything, how great everything is. No, right. let's get right. real. Dive into the, like you said, dive into this pit with me understand me and this and it has nothing again going back to the original topic it has nothing to do with content it right. doesn't well so you know it's interesting because as you're saying this i'm also actually thinking in my mind about some of the things that i as a learner feel a little bit resistant to and you know if i'm sitting in a classroom my pet peeve is some of the cliches it's like saying the phrase but not really understanding what it means or saying like some of yes, these cultural yes. kind of whatever things. And my son actually came to me once and he said, you know, I really get frustrated and kind of tune out when people start using some of these um, cliche phrases, you know, even when it comes to, you know, I know the church is true, you know, stuff like that in a testimony. And I kind of asked him, I wanted to understand better why that bothers him. And he said, mom, someone could say the exact same words and be sincere about it. And I would totally believe them, but it's because it's just like rolling out. And it's it's one of those things where I, I feel like sometimes we as teachers draw upon things that you know we've kind of heard a lot and we just say these phrases, but the kids don't believe us mm-hmm. because what we're actually saying is really big. Like it's big, we, we gotta treat it like it's big. And when we're, you know, not downplaying on purpose, but in a way, just being light about some of those things, they're not even hearing us. They're not even hearing Mm -hmm. what's coming out of our mouth. Mm -hmm. I see that also in prayers. 
when they're given totally. a lot of times, right? I, I, I've, I've named it the prayer cadence. We're thankful for this. Please help us have a nice day. Please help us to go home safely. I, I, I make fun of my kids when they get into the prayer cadence. Is that terrible? Say that again. Oh, I said I've made fun of my kids before, not in a mean way, but in a joking way. Yes, they have certain phrases they say, and I'm like, oh, oh, really, really was was is it nighttime right now are we we're just praying over breakfast and you're like plusing us all to have a good sleep i mean come on what's what's happening <laughs> just like all comes out or please help us have a good day we're saying nightly we're saying night first yeah right <laughs> we're grateful for the wonderful day that we just had wait we're just starting our day like, right yeah. <laughs> let's think about it and and maybe kind of that almost seems like a tangent what we just went off but i think it's yeah. like really the same it's the same subject we're not thinking about who's in front of us and really what we're saying to help them we're saying what we think we should say exactly. we're thinking about the content we're thinking about you know the phrases and and i agree with you when you talk about the typical lds phrases that we say all the time that are so rote that i I, I, I tune out as well. I do. Mm-hmm. It makes me tune out. Yep. That's my, that's my fault. That totally. isn't their fault. Yeah, right. I, right? Yeah. I, I can't blame them. I should be better than that, but I, I have a, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So as teachers of the restored gospel, focusing on the people, mm-hmm. where they're at, where they need to get to rather than going in. And I, th- going in and just doing the content. And I think a lot of times the rote things um, happen because we're not quite prepared. And so we default to the rote. Would you I agree? Totally agree. Okay. I totally agree with that. Can I add one more um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, amen to something that you said a little bit earlier, which is kind of the main point of what we're talking about, I think. I just had an experience yesterday and don't think my son will ever listen to this. So I'm going to go ahead and just share it. All right. <laughs> I know. Shh, don't anybody tell him that I'm sharing this. Okay. Um, but he's got teachers at church and in seminary that are incredible. And something that I heard yesterday made me realize that they are doing what you just talked about. Um, apparently, my son was a little bit disrespectful in class. And... Um, I think he was getting a little bit competitive with a game that they were playing once. And then um, in the other, I don't, I don't know the specifics of it, but that he's been a little bit disrespectful and this is not like him. And the teachers, my husband asked them about this and both of them said, is he okay? Is there something going on with him? Instead of being like, hey, we need to work on this because it's not appropriate. He he is not a disrespectful kid. He's not. He's just not. And he is going through a little bit of a hard time right now. Like he's incredibly stressed. He's not getting enough sleep. He's got so much going on. He just feels buried and he feels a little discouraged candidly because some of his efforts don't feel like they're yielding the fruit he hoped that it they would yield. And so he has become a little bit short at home, even with us. And I think it's spilling over into some of these other relationships. But instead of being critical, they knew him well enough 
to know that something was up and they didn't know the details of that until we shared some of those details. And so I just, I, I think that it, as an amen, one of the benefits of really investing in and getting to know the people that we're teaching, be it if we're coming in as a sub, asking that question out of the gate and having better information and obviously teaching from a better place, I think it also is a testament to the fact that when we're focused on the people that we're teaching, we will see needs more clearly. And the need that my son has in that class that day may not have anything to do with the content at all. He just needs to feel the spirit so that he can get through the day. Yes. And that's what those teachers tuned into. And I was so grateful. I'm, I am like in this moment that connection was made for me. And I just feel so grateful that that's their perspective, that they are coming at it from that perspective. That is pretty neat because I'll tell you from, for example, from a Sunday school teacher perspective, sometimes I deal with these kids, you know, I'd see them for one hour twice a month. Right. And that's it. Right. Am I really going to invest in them? Am I really going to, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to come in and I'm going to teach the lesson, but I really, besides that, I don't have a lot of contact with them. Right. I don't really know who they are. That I, I can see that as a typical Sunday school of youth teacher thought process yes. because yeah. I've had that as well. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But what, even, even as a Sunday school teacher, what if we did? What if we dove in to truly find out who they are and, and then go to the parents and say, hey, parents, what, uh, what, how can we help you teach your child? Because we are here to support you, not you to support us as much, right? right. We're here to support right. you in your teaching of your child. Right. What can we do? Yeah, yeah. A totally different approach. Totally different. Yeah. I love that. And just, I had another thing happen like last week. I showed up at my son's uh, choir concert and there were a couple people from church who had no kids in choir because they had some of the youth from our ward were in the choir. So they came just to invest in those youth. And so what I hear you saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen examples of people. Like I, I candidly probably wouldn't have thought to do that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I was floored. It's such a good example to me. That is pretty, uh, me too. I need to be better about that. Me too. Myself. Sure. So in the end, content is great, but maybe when we go to teach, maybe when we start preparing, we ask other questions before we ask, what am I going to teach? Right. Maybe we're asking the questions about the people and what, where are they? What are their needs? How can I help them? And mm -hmm. then let the, <laughs> let the content fill in the cracks later after that. Yeah. I love that. People first, content later. Right, right. So here's my challenge to everyone is to, I don't know, in the comments, if you would, Tell us what questions you would ask first. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions would you ask first before the what am I going to teach? What kind of questions can you ask to help recognize who they are mm. and help bring them closer to Christ rather than just, hmm, what, what chapters am I going to focus on today? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, I love that. Good. All right. 
Thanks for coming, everyone. Thanks for staying around with us and listening. And we hope that this will help you become a better gospel teacher. And if you would share this with your friends, I was going to say coworkers. <laughs> Them too. Yeah, no. Why not? Them. Yeah, that, that's sure. a good point. Your, your coworkers, share this with your fellow teachers, with your spouse. And... Um, and then have a discussion around it. I mean, honestly, you can take what we gave you. It's again, here, here's a great example. I was just about to wrap up, but no, I'm going to say this one last thing. Here's a great example. Here's this content, this audio or this video right here, right? Great. Use it, but go talk and, and maybe use it as a springboard for what you really need. Yeah. Maybe it's not something that we said, but maybe something that you thought of during it and you went, oh, Ah, yeah, I need to be better about that. How do I do that? And and this is what I can do. Great. Don't don't let it be just about us. Be let let it be about what you can go do. Let the spirit prompt you to go fulfill your teaching destiny. Love I it. Feel like Luke Skywalker there. What is your teaching destiny? I I thought you were Luke Skywalker right then. I thought I thought you might have thought that. Good. In a white collared shirt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Good. Cream, cream colored. Cream. You don't uh, know, Kevin. You're colorblind. Don't even look right. at your shirt and uh, act like you know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of to not even <laughs> go there. My wife will thank you. <laughs> good. All right. Thank you, Julie. If you would again share this with a like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and continually learn. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Bye. Yeah.